He's a mighty good Savior, isn't he? Mighty good Savior. Mark your place in Luke chapter 5 as we will walk through this passage of Scripture tonight. We'll look at one other passage in a few minutes from Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to preach tonight on this subject. The key to enthusiasm is surrender. The, the, the key to enthusiasm is surrender. I don't want to just serve the Lord. I want to serve Him with a gladness. I, I, I don't want to just serve the Lord. I, I don't want to look at my clock and say, well, I have to be here and I have to do this and I have to do that. I want to stay enthused about serving God. Serving the Lord is not an easy task, doing it for a long time. And I've preached to folks tonight that have been active and busy in ministry for a long time. And you understand exactly what I'm talking about. It's not always easy to keep our enthusiasm. But I, wanna, I want us to listen tonight. Sometimes we wait for emotion to come before we obey. But the message tonight is this. The key to enthusiasm is surrender. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to be a blessing tonight. This has been a blessing to my heart as I am constantly seeking truth that not only will keep me in ministry and serving you and in your will for all of my life. Lord, I don't want to just start well and run well. I want to finish well. And I want to finish. I want to serve. I want to live with a joy and excitement and an enthusiasm to serve you. And I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. When focusing on the life and ministry of the 12 disciples, during the time of Christ, you will find a constant battle of enthusiasm and you'll find a constant activity of surrender. Closely associated with enthusiasm is the surrender of the disciples. It seems to be obvious that the work of God would oftentimes become commonplace and even maybe come to the place of boring at times until there was another decision in the life of the disciples to surrender their life to obedience once again in the work and will of God. Now we're talking about just three and a half years. We're not talking about 30 years. We're not talking about 25 years. We're talking about three and a half years. During that three and a half years, Peter got discouraged one time. He said, I go fishing. I didn't say I'm just going to go fishing a little while. He was talking about I'm going back to the business. I'm leaving the work of God and I'm going back to the business of fishing. There was one time that Jesus said to the disciples, why is it that you have no faith? Now he's not talking to the multitudes that have come for the fish and the bread. He's talking to his very disciples. Uh, he said to his disciples one day, will ye go away also after many of his followers had departed? He asked his twelve, will ye go away also? It is true yet today and perhaps more commonplace than yesteryear for folks to leave the will of God and the work of God because they've lost their enthusiasm or they've lost their interest in serving God. And I believe that the key to having that enthusiasm, that excitement to serve God is to keep a fresh surrender in our heart and in our mind 
and in our soul to the will and work of God in our life. D.O. Moody said it like this. You have to keep the ink of your surrender, your signing your life, you have to keep the ink of your surrender wet. Or you have to keep surrendering your life to serve the Lord. In my 40 years of ministry and paying attention in church, and uh, I've seen many servants of God, I've seen many preachers come and go in the ministry. Sadly, I've seen some just lose enthusiasm and lose interest or lose their emotion, uh, lose their feeling, feeling uh, for the work of the ministry, and they're off to some other idea or some hobby or some work, and they leave the will and the work of God. Now, 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 this has been commonplace for everybody in the Bible. There was a time Moses was discouraged, and he said, I didn't ask for all these people. I didn't ask for this job. I didn't ask for this. And Moses had to have a time of re-surrendering his life before the enthusiasm of the work God had called him to do to return. It happened to Elijah. Elijah came to the place one time. He even asked that God would take his life. It happened to Balaam. Balaam came to the place that he betrayed the very people of God. It happened to Abraham. Abraham went down to Egypt, and that was a mistake that haunted him for the rest of his life. It happened to King David at a time when kings go forth to battle. David stayed home from battle. He lost his commitment, and boy, did he ever, did he ever mess up his life in just one day, in one day of not being committed to serve God. It happened to those who went to rebuild the temple in the book of Haggai. And Haggai, boy, he came in preaching like a whirlwind. He said, how is it? He said, how is it that the house of God lieth waste and you live in your sealed houses or you have finished your house and yet you quit after the foundation of the temple was laid? And boy, his sermon was effective and they got back to business and they rebuilt or they finished the work that God had called them to do. It happened to Timothy, and Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, Timothy, he said, stir up the gift that is in you. Stir that up. He's not talking about just going through the motions. He said, stir it up. He was talking about a commitment. He was talking about an excitement. He was talking about an enthusiasm to serve the Lord. Now, the key to stirring yourself, the key to a renewed enthusiasm, the key to a renewed vision for the Lord is a renewed surrender to the will and to the work of God in your life. I want you to hold your place there and go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to look at verse number 17. It's very similar as Paul writes to the church at Ephesus here. And he's teaching all of us. He says in Ephesians 4 verse number 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord. That ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. In the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding, understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Look at verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness 
to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now, he's talking about the Gentiles. He said the thing that stirs them is something bigger, something better, something brighter. They always have to have something new. And they've given themselves over to lasciviousness. Just immorality wasn't enough. They had to continue. And that's what the world does, constantly seeking something new to stir uh, their emotions. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 20. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off uh, concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And look at verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now what's he talking about here? He is saying there must be a fresh surrender in the life of every child of God. You can't just get saved and surrender your life to serve God one time. We must again and over and over recommit and resurrender. I'm not talking about being saved again. I'm talking about just stirring your heart in the matter of serving God. You see, sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes we get disappointed. Sometimes things don't turn out like we had planned for them to turn out. And as a result, uh, we get a bit calloused in our emotions. We get a bit hurt in our emotions. And sometimes we want to quit or look, look for something new or look for something better. Hey, we don't need something new. We need a renewed spirit. We need a renewed surrender to the work God has called us to do. Simon Peter, in Luke chapter 5, this is his first surrender. This is his first surrender, but it would not be his last. This is his first surrender. Simon Peter is called on to do something that he does not feel like doing. However, because it was, it was Jesus who was asking Peter complied, and that's how we often come to in our Christian life. Well, it's Sunday. Boy, I wish it wasn't Sunday, but it's Sunday. Well, it's Saturday. It's bus visitation. It's, and we get to the place that we just do it because, well, that's what we're supposed to do, but we lose our joy. We lose our enthusiasm, and I'm convinced we accomplish a whole lot more when there is an excitement about the work that we're supposed to do. And we need tonight not to let ourselves grow cold and weary and come to the place that we don't enjoy the work of God. We must stir ourselves, as Paul told Timothy, to stir up the gift that is in him. I want to give you three parts to this chapter here in Luke chapter 5 that we can put into our minds and we can put an outline into our thinking and apply it to our lives and it will help us. First of all, in verses 1 through 3, we see a struggle. We see a struggle. They've been fishing all night and they've caught nothing. I want you to just look at it again. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 5, verse number 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now, we've already read the entire a passage of scripture so you know what happens. But Jesus is on the shore. He's teaching the people. He sees the boat out there. He sees the fishermen. They're washing their nets. Uh, they're not cleaning fish 
uh, fins or fish at scales. Uh, they're getting uh, rocks and limbs and, and sticks and seaweed. That's what they're getting out of their net because they fished all night. And now, folks, I want to tell you, uh, it, 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 you get tired. How many of you ever fished all night? You fished all night. Fished all night, ate bologna sandwiches all night, fished all night, and caught nothing. I've done that. You're pretty tired come morning time. Now, these fellows were washing their nets. Jesus is teaching the people. And he says to Simon, he said, let me sit in your boat, if you don't mind. Just move out just a little ways so Jesus could sit there and he could teach the people. Let's look at the verse. Verse number, uh, verse number three. And he entered into one. There were two ships. <clears throat> He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. First of all, I want to point out that there was a struggle. They fished all night, and they had caught nothing. Things did not go as the fishermen planned. Now, that describes a part of our life. Nothing ever goes exactly as we planned. We make a lot of plans. I mean, we plan a lot of things, from work to home to school to travel. Nothing goes as we planned. By the way, isn't that the way it was before we came to the will of God in our life? We knew we needed something new. We knew we needed something that was more than just this world could offer we needed something that was spiritual, something that was supernatural, something that God would have a part in our life. So Simon is prime to do something that goes beyond spoiled plans. Jesus by the seashore, wanting to teach the people, he gets into Simon's boat, he asks them to go a little ways out from the land, and then the Bible says, after he finished preaching and teaching the people, he told Peter, he said, launch out into the deep. He said, I want you to cast down the nets. And uh, Peter objected because uh, he and his partners, they labored all night and they'd caught nothing. The time to fish was in the night. The time to fish was not in the broad day. It wasn't in the middle of the day. They fished in the night. They cleaned their nets in the morning. They slept in the day. They went back out in the evening and they fished in the night. That was their typical schedule. So here's a man who is a carpenter. They knew who he was. They knew what he was physically. They knew who he was. And he said to them, he said, I want you to launch out into the deep. And then he said, I want you to let down the nets. The experts had failed in their mission. The fishermen had failed in their mission just like the world fails in their plans and life, just like we failed in our plans. And can I tell you, life without Christ is not much of a life. You can live as wealthy and as well-to-do as Solomon and experience everything this world has to offer, and you will come to the same conclusion that Solomon did. I've seen it all, I've experienced it all, and all of it is vanity. I want to give you a statement right here. Our successes or our failures in life rest entirely on where Jesus stands in the picture. 
It's not my knowledge. It's not my talent. It's not my ability. It's not my desires. It's not my want-tos. It's where I let Jesus be in my life. In Matthew chapter 6, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he said, All these things shall be added unto you. Are you with me tonight? Let, let, me, let me give you a couple of scriptures right here. John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He's talking to every Christian, every child of God. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do what? Without me you can do what? Nothing is exactly right. He's not talking about just ministry. He's talking about everybody's life. Without Christ we can do nothing. Philippians 4.13 on the other hand says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So we have a struggle. The second thing I want you to notice is we have a surrender. Look at verse number 4 and verse number 5. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled. He didn't say they slept and ate bologna sandwiches. He said we toiled all the night. And have taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word I will let down thee. What's that word? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Nets. What did Peter say? Partial surrender. And when they had this done... They enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. It wouldn't have broken had they had the nets, but they just put down one net. These fellows fished all night. They're mending their nets. A long-winded preacher said, can I borrow your boat to teach from? After he finishes his sermon, and Jesus was known to be long-winded, he was. There were times that Jesus would speak until the night would come. They've been known to interrupt Jesus and say, Jesus, these folks are getting hungry, not to speak about us, but these folks are getting hungry and it's getting nighttime. So Jesus, when he finishes, he says, go out into the deep. The last thing any of them wants to do is to go back out and fish more at the wrong time of the day after they had caught nothing in the right time to fish during the night. Peter tells the Lord of their failure and he tells them it's not going to work, but I'll do it. I've had a lot of folks through the years say to me, soul winning doesn't work. And I said, I know. Peter said putting the net down didn't work, but it worked. Jesus tells him to let down the nets. The Bible said they let down a net and they caught so many fish that their net broke and they had to call their partners to help them to get the catch that's loaded into the boats. And Peter learned something very valuable. If you want to have success... You have to do what the Lord Jesus says and do it the Lord's way. A partial surrender to the word of God is a greater success than a full surrender to what I want to do. 
Now, what made the difference? Surrender and obedience. Here's the purpose of the message tonight. Some folks are waiting for an emotional stir to serve God. That's not the way it works. Peter let down the nets. It won't work. We fished all night. We've caught nothing. It won't work. Nevertheless, because you said to do it, I will let down a net. And they drop down the net and they catch more fish at the word of Christ when they surrendered and were obedient. Don't miss it. It's after their obedience that the excitement and enthusiasm comes to the place that they left all and they followed Christ. We want the emotion to be obedient. The Bible says, be obedient, surrender, and that will give you the excitement and the enthusiasm to do what you're supposed to do in the will of God. When we obey in spite of our own objections, the heart or the emotions will follow. I've heard folks say, well, if your heart's not in it, you might as well not do it. That's that's a wrong thinking. We surrender to God. We say, Lord, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I want to do what you want to do. And when we watch God bless our obedience and our surrender to him, then there's an excitement and you read the stories throughout the New Testament and see if there was not an obedience first. And then there was an excitement. We have it turned around today. We want to motivate or bribe folks to serve God. I'm saying tonight you ought to serve him because he's Jesus. You ought to serve him because he's right. You ought to serve him because he's the master. You ought to serve him because he's our savior. You ought to serve him because he is our provider. We ought to feel obligated. We ought to feel obligated to serve God. And when I do what God wants me to do, then God stirs my heart to do a work for him. I want to say tonight there must be a continual surrender and obedience of our lives. I want to give you a list of things. I don't have time to preach these as I'd planned. There must be a, a, a continual surrender to God. James chapter 4, verse number 7. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Surrender your heart. Surrender to him. Surrender to God. Don't wait till a, a revival meeting in July to surrender. Surrender every day. Sing it. I surrender all. Give it and do it. Surrender to, the, uh, to God every day. Acts chapter 4 verse number 12 tells us we ought to surrender our lives to Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 verse number t- uh, 25. We ought to surrender to the work of the local church. James chapter 1 verse number 22. We ought to surrender to doing uh, uh, the word of God. Galatians chapter 6 the Bible says that we ought to surrender to one another or we ought to bear one another's burdens. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us as a husband and wife uh, to submit or to surrender to one another. Surrender is the key to keeping the emotion and excitement stirred, making my flesh do what it's supposed to do rather than what it wants to do. On and on the list goes in the Bible. We ought to surrender to love and to lead our children rather than provoking them to wrath. Children ought to have a continued and a continual surrender to their parents. And I want to say tonight, it doesn't matter if you're 6 or 16. doesn't matter if you're 3 or 19. You live in your parents' house. You ought to do what they say and you ought to do it with a joy. You ought to do it with an enthusiasm. They're your parents. They've provided for you. They've given to you. We ought to have a right attitude toward mom and dad. There ought to be a surrender 
to leadership. Hebrews chapter 13 teaches this in two different places. And so first of all, we see a struggle. Then we see a surrender. And then the last part, you know what we see? Satisfaction. Satisfaction. You know what will satisfy you? You know what will satisfy me? Not getting what I want, but doing what he wants me to do. Not getting what I want, but doing what he wants me to do. Verse number seven. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. Imagine with me, if you will, how they beckoned. Hey, fellas. Hey, boys. Hey, fellas. Could you help us? No, they were losing the fish. Hey, boys, guess what? We've caught so many fish, we can't pick them up. The net is breaking. Hurry, get out and come on right now. There was an enthusiasm because of the excitement of what God did because of their surrender and their obedience. They were honest with him. They told him it won't work, but they did it anyway, and God blessed, and there was a satisfaction. Notice what the Bible says. They beckoned that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Now fishermen are good at fishing, but they're better at lying. Fishermen say early to bed, early to, bri- early to rise, fish all day and make up lies. These fellows ain't telling fish tales. Both of the boats, because of one net, both of the boats begin to sink. You talk about an excitement. You talk about an enthusiasm. Notice now verse number 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his knee, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He's saying, I don't have any, I don't know what I'm talking about. I can't believe I said what I said. I'm glad I did what I did because, Lord, you're the blesser. You're the one that blesses, and you're the one that I need to serve. Notice what he says here. Verse number nine For it was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of fishes that they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now if you start reading here and you read through the book of Luke, that enthusiasm didn't last. You know what they had to do again? Obey again. Surrender again. Obey again. Surrender again. So I ask you tonight, have we lost our enthusiasm? We don't need something new. We need to be renewed in our spirit of obedience and surrender to him. I'm going to make a declaration tonight. I choose tonight to renew my surrender to serve Christ. I may not feel like getting up in the morning. In fact, I have experience at it, and I can almost guarantee I won't. But when I read this book and I spend time in prayer, 
I'm going to say, well, that was good. And as I meet people through the week and I give the gospel and I give gospel tracts, especially when I hear someone bow their head and, and, and pray and trust Christ as Savior, you know what happens? That enthusiasm stays stirred. Don't wait for somebody to stir you. Jesus didn't say, now, fellas, if you'll do this, I'll do this. Now, if you do this, Jesus said, let down the nets. That's all he said. They said, it won't work. Jesus didn't respond. He just stood and waited for him to let down the nets. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the nets. After their obedience, then was the stirring of the enthusiasm and excitement. Let's be obedient to serve God this week. Let, let, let's do it with joy and gladness, saying what a joy it is to serve God. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father, I choose tonight to renew my life in obedience and surrender to you. At 16 years of age, I looked into a starlit sky, the darkness of the evening, and I said, Lord, I surrender all to you. I remember what I said, Lord. I said, I'll do anything you want me to do. And I remember, Lord, thinking that Africa could have surely been the furthest place in the world from where I was. And I said to you, I'll surrender even to be a missionary to Africa if that's what you want me to do. Tonight, Lord, I choose to renew my obedience and surrender to you. For, Lord, I enjoy the excitement of the blessings of obedience.